welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. The idea here, if you are new, right, because like I just I have the feeling that it's mostly Indie Kitty and Tracy Pinter and Hales Teach. Uh, you didn't order the balls, did you? Dang it, I'm going to do it right now. Like, literally. Do it literally this moment. Doing it. You know she's going to ask you. Know. You know Indie Kitty's good for two things at least. One is getting Jalen to put more turtle emojis on here, and two is asking if you bought the damn wool balls. Um, anyway, for people that are new here, this is um, a way for folks to like just reach out and get help with teaching and all the stuff that has to do with teaching. It is not just me. It is all these folks in the comment section also that are answering your questions. They're throwing out ideas and stuff. And I feel like most of the country is on. I feel like everyone's on spring break this week. I feel like 10 people might watch us tonight, but that's cool, man. We're here for the 10 people that are on here. And um, and I don't have school tomorrow, so, you know, that's a pretty good feeling. So uh, that's it. I mean, we don't have anything announced this week, right? We said we were going to give away a year subscription to Scholastic, but, oh, but our video you, uh, you, didn't, you didn't help me out on that one, did you? You have to make a video. Yeah, I'm going to work on that video this week. I'm working on a lot of videos this week. There's a lot going on, man. This book writing situation takes a really long time, and I don't really know that much about <laughs> it. And then I'm just like, you can like edit yourself easier in a video you just like verbally vomit and then stuff just comes out but the book is like trying to pick and choose the right word i have to like fact check stuff so that i'm like did the public enemy poster in my bedroom when i was 11 years old like look like that like what year did that come out so when i tell that story no one's fact checking me so now i just feel like i have to really like hone in my details and stuff you know usually you're there for that and you just tell me that I'm wrong. Because I'm usually the dream crusher. You're the one that's just going, it didn't happen like that. It's not what happened. Um, so look, if you have any questions, throw them in the side there. I'll try and get to as many as I can. Because usually I just fill this space with talking about stuff. And I don't have anything to talk about. Um, got anything for me? I'm just oh, going to say no, what's I'm, up to you. I'm, oh, you're ordering wool balls. balls. Um, let's see who's on here. Leah Pratt. Richard Royster's on here. Richard Royster went to the prom. Did you see that? Oh, I did. It's a great picture on Instagram. Um, Tracy Pinder said, frantically trying to pack while I watch this. Um, AM flight to Florida. Good for you, man. That's awesome. That's where Cho is right now. She's in Miami. Uh, Esther Lynn said, how do you organize your time over your summer to plan for the upcoming school year? Let's start with that one. Sound good? Yes. All right. Well, five tonight. Go um, Esther Lynn is asking... That question again, I'll say it just again, because I don't know why I'm feeling weird tonight. Um, how do you organize your time over summer to plan for the upcoming school year? So it's tricky, right? Because like you want to plan in like like downtime or, and I don't even like downtime. That, that downtime to me just seems like you're sitting around watching Netflix and I don't do that very well. I like, you know, doing something. But I think it's literally about like, putting like making uh making actual time for it like i only get stuff done if i schedule it in so in the morning i typically try to make like a list either on my phone or my new thing is telling my phone what i want to remember which is really useful uh <laughs> unless, unless last night where you I can't figure out what the heck like, I, what were you talking about because i said take the black trash bag down and i was like what does that mean it's because the, the guy that owns a company across the street from our house cut a limb off of this tree and then wrap the black trash bag around this tree. And it's been sitting there. It's like withering away. It's been there for like almost a year now and I'm tired of looking at it. And so I was going to sneak over there after they closed and just cut that thing down. Um, but so I don't always remember what they mean, but I think it's literally blocking out time and then think about how much you can get done. If you just say 20 minutes, it's not an hour. It's not two hours. It's not 45 minutes. Even it's like, do you have 20 minutes to sit down and like make a list um, I like doing it in the middle of the, or like early in the morning, because there's something, I read a book, I was reading this really great book that no one, I know like four people in the world that have read it called The Hawk and the Dove, that talked about, is about these monks in the 13th century, does not sound fun, but it was fantastic. Anyway, in the book, they talk about how in the middle of the day, there's like this lull that usually happens in people's lives, where like, you wake up in the morning and even if you're getting after it, you're up at four or five in the morning, you go to the gym, you pray, you do your thing, you're getting ready for the day. Um, and then at night, 
it usually like there's an uptick for me around like um like what is that time called Seven. like the golden hour I don't know. yeah like when the sun's setting and stuff like you feel good about yourself right but when you do like um like in the afternoon like when the sun's at its highest there's i don't know what it is but i just don't feel the best then so there's usually like this lull it's not like a depression or sadness it's more like a melancholy and so i like to plan things in the beginning of the day and at night because then that usually like kind of takes care of that middle part like i don't feel so bad in the middle part of my day so that's what i do and then i just literally plan 20 minutes i'm going to sit down today and this is what i'm going to think about this is what is going to happen so I want to work on vocab this year. So like, what is vocab actually? They think they're sneaky, but then they forget their feet sound they like know. they're made off sand. They know they're not their, their feet Please. are like cinder blocks. I know. Um, if I'm going to work on vocab, organization, and something else, classroom management, then what, what about those do I want to work out? So I break them into like micro steps so that I can like build towards something better. I never look at and try and like change a whole year. It's like in these little tiny, tiny ways, how can I make changes? And I think that's where all big changes come from. It's just a bunch of little changes. Um, History skills says, how many cool hats do you own? I don't own a lot of hats. I have a few hats. Uh, mostly, I don't know. Cause I, they don't make hats like I like anymore. Like all those hats that are like the flat brim like this, I just look like a dork when I wear them. So I just, that's and that's what everyone sells all the time. Um, Lexi Alana is saying, "What is the most impactful thing a student has ever said to you?" Man, jeez, I am I am really blessed that I even have to think about that that question. Um, gosh, I don't know who. There's a lot of people. Yeah, that's Donovan Romina. Like a lot of homies that come right to mind, Shayla. Like, yeah, they've all been impactful. In some I don't. Way. I don't know. Um, and I don't, and I don't think that's because of the type of school that I teach in. I think it's because you just have the courage to like be more for students, right? And look again, if you if people walked into my classroom, I don't I don't know that they'd always be like amazed at what they saw in the day to day. Right. Like may maybe, but like, I think you get used to that stuff. I think kids that have like the greatest teachers ever, even, and I'm not even put myself in that category, but like kids that have the greatest teachers ever. They just like, eh, you know, like, I just think like, I don't know, maybe Salma hides your wife. And like, after a while, you're just like, eh, <laughs> she does this thing with her teeth when she's sleeping and it really bothers me. She lets the toilet paper roll off the back of the roll instead of the front. Like, I just think, I don't know. Um, so I don't have an answer for that, but I've gotten a lot of really, really nice letters and. Um, Affirmation over yeah. the years, especially like the longer your relationship was, is with people like yeah. outside of school. Yeah. I've noticed like it, that's when it. I mean, I've known Donovan really... for 14 years now. Yeah. He still comes over. No. He wants to come over this weekend. Yeah. It's just like um, Dunsler, right? Like he's yeah. away and in college, but that relationship is definitely. Yeah. That but Dunsler hit me up last week and was like, is there something going on between us? Like, I don't hear from you. I'm like, no, bro, it's because I'm busy. Like I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing stuff. Um, you're my guy. So Unicorns Rock is saying, how's the miracle morning going? So I, it is going strong. Right. I've been doing it since, I don't know, the fall, early winter, something like that. Um, but it has gotten slightly later. It, like it creeped into, I was getting up at five and then it was 510, then it was 515, then it was 520. So I get up about 520 ish right now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, I think as it gets warmer, I typically wake up earlier because it's, it's not so cold. Like you don't, you're not like laying in bed like, oh my gosh, but it's so cold. Like you don't want to get up. Um, and I actually am planning on moving it to four so I have more time. So like writing the book at night is just like, not, I don't think is the move. I Which think I'm so happy because then we get to go to bed early. And, and I like to go to bed Yeah, but that's early. when I don't even go to bed early. I just pass out on the couch like I did last night. I literally don't remember falling asleep. I know. Well, night. I'm going to make you go to bed early yeah. and who's pass out in bed. And then I get to actually go to bed early, yeah. which is a huge So choice. people that don't know, yeah. the miracle morning is like waking up early, like at least an hour beforehand. And then going through this set of steps. So mine are, I'm going to, I have the videos, like art is half filmed right now that I'm making about my morning routine. But like, um, 
It is what I go through in the morning before I start getting I reading. So like right now I'm reading a book called Lead or Get Off the Pot um, by my guy, Pat Croce. Pat Croce used to be the president and uh, part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. And although I don't watch basketball, I probably have watched like two major league basketball games. I don't even know if they call them major league, but yeah. like um, professional basketball games in my life. He's like such an amazing character that I just love that stuff. So it's going really well, but I'm hoping to move it to four so I can get up in the morning, run first thing, come home and write for 30 or 45 minutes, then do my morning, my miracle morning stuff, and then get ready for school. So we'll see. Um, Kyla Romero is saying, hey, Reynolds, uh, my question is, how do you be the fun teacher that's always as, but also maintain respect from your students? My students always get me, but I never listen because I'm too goofy. My students always like me, but I but never listen to me because I'm too goofy. Yeah, that's a really good question. It is, how do I, I'm trying to think of like how I would put this, but like. It's like a it, parent stare. It is, it, <laughs> but it's essentially like, it is, uh, are you my co-host this evening? I feel like, look, oh, we got no, coffee sorry. mugs, we're like we co-hosts, there we go. Bring it in, bam. That was hotter than I thought it was going to be. Um, I think the idea there is, first of all, letting students know, like telling them, look, I want to have a great day. I enjoy blowing bubbles. I enjoy throwing glitter on people. I enjoy putting paper and, and tape in people's hair. I enjoy having dances, like dancing in class. I enjoy playing with Legos. I enjoy all the fun stuff, right? But we got to get work done. Like the whole reason I'm doing this is because school largely sucks and I'm trying to make it fun. But if we let that, like, if you run away with that, if you don't see that, there's like a reason why I'm doing this. I'm not doing it just to have fun. Um, I'm doing it because if I didn't think you needed this, like if I thought we could just have class regular and it would just not suck, then I would probably just do that. I'm doing this because it's, I think it brings a little bit of light to the darkness of the school day. So what does like that look like when we have to switch from, all right, we were just singing and dancing to like, all right, I need you to hone it in so we can get work done. And letting kids know that like, look, it all comes down to you. It all comes down to you being important. And the fact that your future is actually important to me, you're learning something is actually important to me. And so how can we make that happen? Like, what are we going to do? And, and having the kids, like having that real talk with them, I think having a real talk with kids about anything wins kids over all the time. Like they are surprised that a teacher would actually talk about that. We chalked all of class the other day because we talked about Kevin Hart was on the Joe Rogan podcast. And there was this part where he was saying how like your life is like a book and, and there's all these chapters in your book. And like, what is your life? Like, what, what are you writing in those chapters by living out your life? And I, put it on. And in one of my classes, the conversation really took off and I just scrapped the lesson for the day, but we had this really honest conversation. And then that builds a rapport with students that nothing else, no icebreaker is going to, no like class activities going to, it has to be that kind of real talk, which is where the name real rap with Reynolds came from is being able to have those real talks with students. Um, so I think that's how you do it. You have to like, say, have the conversation with them and let them know because, and don't just expect them to pick up on it, you have to tell people what you want them to know. Sometimes you have to tell people how to treat you sometimes in life. Um, you're always telling me how to treat you. I know. All the time. Uh, Kristen <laughs> Ivanova, I, Ivanova is saying, Hey, I just got hired. That's awesome. Congratulations. Um, I just got a position as a co-teacher, any constructive stories on how to deal with a relationship that wasn't an instant click. Um, look, I, I mean, I've had some that were, instant i've had some that weren't instant i've had some that just never clicked ever it just kept going on and being weird and awkward so i think it if i was that person i would say hey can we go out to dinner one night can we go get a drink after school can we get a cup of coffee or something like that not in the classroom not just sitting there together maybe invite them over your place something along those lines where it's just becomes two human beings having a conversation about something and not um like two teachers talking about classwork and how it's going to work, but like really just getting to know one another first. My, the guy that I co-teach with now, Mr. Fines, 
our best moments in class are like when we are, and what fuels the fire is us just talking about regular stuff. Like as the kids are taking a test or in between class talking about like shows we like going to, or what kind of TV we're watching or what books we've read or like what we're excited about in life. And so that, that is the stuff that like, um, I don't know that, that builds the relationship for us. And then it just makes class work better because you get along with people. It's the same reason I tell teachers that you need, need to be going out with the people that you work with, not just hanging in the, in the car or in the, what the hell they call it, the teacher lounge, but like coffee room. <laughs> Welcome to the coffee room. Um, but getting out outside of school and then just not just talking about school, talking about other stuff. Uh, Esther Lynn is asking, how do you organize time to plan with your co-teacher and how do you, the reminder just popped up, take the trash bag down across the street. I'm going to go do that. How do you find time to organize and plan with your co-teacher and how do you divide responsibility? So look, that's a, a tricky question because this year I've not really done that. Um, Fines is teaching two he's teaching with me and with another teacher and he's teaching an SAT prep class. So, and so I've just taken over like everything. It's not even like a conversation really. It's, it's like, uh, I kind of prep him before the class happens and that's how we go. And that's not the ideal thing to do, but in the past it has been, we just divvy up responsibilities like, or, um, we have done this this year. We're like, if one week we're teaching like uh, imagery and I have a short story that goes along with imagery, then I will lead that finds knows what I'm teaching. He knows what the lesson plan is going to look like and stuff. And then we just go from there. The following week, he might be teaching about like, I don't know, uh, characterization and he has a particular story. And so he is the lead guy and I get to be like just the guy going around helping students out. Now, look, when you have something to say, you of course like can add something on and say like, Hey, can I just add something to that real quick? Like, I think I can clarify this point and that that's what you do. Like you clarify the point. So finds is really good at taking what we're talking about and making it deeper. I'm really good at making connection points for students. So you just start learning one another's strengths over time and that builds. Now look outside of a year at most, like I've, I've had six or seven co-teachers over the last five years, something like that, something crazy, where like no one's lasted more than a year. And so I don't know what that looks like going forward. I, you know, I don't know if they have Mr. Fines like teaching another class next year, like they, no one's told us yet. So we'll have to just wait and see how that works out. And then, cause I'd love to get to a place where like we're building year upon year to get to something awesome. Uh, lit, Lizby is saying, I teach elementary, not high school, but I love your channel and find it so inspiring. That wasn't a question, wife. Oh, but I would just say, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I think there's a lot of I like, um, there's a lot of overlap in, in education in terms of like elementary and high school. Like it's not just, it's not so different all the time. Um, it's the building relationships. It's the burnout. It's the building culture within your school and in your classroom. It's classroom management. A lot of those things can be the same. Um, and yeah, I just, and that's that. Uh, Isaac Roy is saying, I want to start teacher training. Uh, I want to start teacher training in a year. Been a long time, a long-term ambition of mine, a career goal. For sure, any tips on how to prepare for that step, Mr. Reynolds? Much love from Glasgow, Scotland. First of all, love Scotland. Um, I want to say my people are from there. They're from Ireland. Of course, know. and England. I want to do a like like a DNA. The twenty three and me thing. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's what it's called. That. Let's do it. Um, Not if they're expensive. We'll find out. That I'm partially from <laughs> Mars or something on? like that. Uh, <laughs> so, how do you get ready? I think for me, it's getting yourself in the space of actual teaching. Like, work at an after school program. Work as a sub. Work as. Um, maybe not even a sub, but like, I think the after school program or a tutor or something along those lines, you want to start putting yourself in the same space as kids, figuring out what grade that you want to teach. And then thinking about, um, what is it like to actually teach someone something? And then once you start practicing that, then, you know, that is just going to give you 
training for like actually in the doing so I just it's I think it's that simple. Isaac Roy is asking. Oh, sorry, I'm slacking. You want me to sing songs? No, I don't. All right, come on. Uh, history skills. Any advice for other teachers getting started on YouTube? Yeah, I think uh, one, it's um, consistency, like being consistent. Two, it's like it's a lot like being in school. Consistency is key. I think being yourself and not trying to like don't like. So there's a reason that I don't. I no longer watch almost any teacher YouTubers unless something really catches my eye because I don't want to be influenced. And I mean, Michelle from Pocket Full Primary said the same thing at the conference. Well, we were and at. you're just too busy. Like YouTube is way more work than people. Yeah, but even like in like, writing the book now, teacher. right? So like for those of you that yes. don't know, we're like writing, I'm writing a book. I always say we, we too much. Uh, I, I'm writing a book about uh, education and I have not, I've meaningfully not or purposefully not looked at other people's books. Like I'm not watching, not reading um, even the books with in the context of like, so there's a publisher that I'm hoping to work with. I'm waiting to hear back from, but I am not even reading those books because I don't want to be influenced by them. I don't want to sound like someone else. And I think YouTube is the same space. It's like, there, there is a formula that seems to be working where like you see like newer YouTubers come on and their subs just hit out of nowhere. But, you know, look, I, I have far less subs than a lot of people on YouTube. I just think I have a really like great group of people that I'm a part of, right? I wouldn't even say I have a great audience. Like I, I'm, I'm a member of a community that I really trust, that I think trust me, that we work together on certain things. And, um, and I take their feedback and I answer their questions. And it's like this symbiotic relationship. And I think that that's part of it too, is it? And it's also, how are you trying to help the community? So like, are you answering those questions? Are you answering the DMs? And, and they do get overwhelming. Like we're at a point now where it's like, it feels impossible to get back to everyone because there's just not enough hours in the day. But are you being an active engaged person within that community already and not just saying, Hey, come check out my stuff. Hey, come look at my YouTube channel. Um, like if you comment on someone's video, never say, Hey, come check out my channel. Yo, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Like don't do that. Just give the nice thing. Just drop off the gift of the nice comment, the, the praise. And after a while people see you in there and they, I know this because I, I see this all the time. We're like, the same people keep commenting all the time. And I go, who's this dude? I'm going to go check out like what they're all about and stuff. Cause they keep saying nice stuff all the time. And then that's how you get to know people. So I think just those quick things will help you build a YouTube channel um, in a better and more honest way. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm never going to, I'm just this is the guy. I like his profile picture with the skull with Mohawk uh, on it, but I, I'm not good at pronouncing names. Um, says, I'm wondering how do you plan your English lessons? Do you have a specific model? What aspects do you consider uh, as the most relevant? So that's a great question. So I, hmm. I plan different now than I did uh, when I started. It was so funny because you just talked about <laughs> this. So I'll, I'll tell my idea. Tell them yeah. So I, I think when I started teaching I Googled things online and I would look up like Lord of the Flies, but I would look up best Lord of the Flies lesson plan ever. Because if someone was audacious enough to put that along with their title, you knew it was going to be good. Then I would just take pieces out of all those lesson plans and put them together so that I knew what I wanted to do. And I knew like it didn't, I didn't have to do their whole thing like from beginning to end, but I could like take parts out, I could put parts in and I could make something that I liked. The other thing is I worked with for years with my friend Randy, um, who was the 10th grade literature teacher. And we made a model where like the things I was introducing in ninth grade year would be like the like the minor league version of his major league lesson plans. So we knew that it was going to scale so that we knew when the kids went from ninth grade to 10th grade and they were like, um, we never learned this last year. We don't I don't even know how to do this. And Revi would be like, no, nah, bro, like you did it with Reynolds. I know because we drove to school every single day for like five years or something like that. And now we, we've worked out this well-planned machine. So that's 
another way in which to do it. So, and I think I, I never tried to make, like, I, 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 maybe in the beginning, I tried to make something new or like reinvent the wheel, but I just realized that that's, that's not even worth it. Like your personality alone is going to change it just that little bit. That's going to make it yours, right? Like I can make a pancake and my wife can make a pancake. It's just that hers is going to be better, right? Cause like her little bit that she sprinkles on there is just going to be better. Like, so what can you do that you can sprinkle on a regular lesson plan to make it better? Nowadays, I don't plan at all. Like I just, like my planning looks like this. That's it. That's my planning process. It's usually me driving to school, listening to a certain kind of music and thinking about what would be exciting. But that's because I've been teaching essentially the same thing for the last 14 years. I know what comes next. I know what we're doing tomorrow already. Like I've just been doing it over and over and over again for so long that I don't need to plan. The only thing I do is tweak and make it something that like is going to be interesting to my students. So my slides for vocab change, but it's really just the pictures that change or I twerk, like twerk, tweak the, uh, <laughs> I don't twerk, um, the, the wording or something like that. So it's, it, it's that simple. So I, I think real quick, the easiest way to do it is, um, Reverse engineer. What do you want your students to know? Write it up on your whiteboard. I want them to know about this, 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 and this. And then how are you going to get to that? It's that simple. Are we going to get to that through reading this, through diagramming this, through annotating this, through drawing this, through creating something out of Legos? Like, how do you make that? How do you get them from point A to point B in a way that makes them not hate school? Uh, Kimberly Wallback is asking, are you on break this week? Any plans? I am on break this week and my plans are not like they don't sound fun to anyone else. Um, so my kids are not out of school. So I'm going to take my kids out and me and the boy are going to go see Captain Marvel, which I haven't seen yet. And I want to get ready for the new Avengers movie. Um, Marley wants to go to see Shazam. Did she tell you that? Oh no. Just stoked about. Um, I want to go see Shazam. So, well, maybe, maybe if we go early enough in the day, you can go with us. Oh, yeah. So we're going to go see Shazam, and then I'm going to take them out. And we're, there's a place in Philly called the Franklin Institute, which is like a science museum. I'm going to take them out a half day and go do that one day. And then other than that, um, I'm going to just write. I'm going to try and get as much of this book written as I can, like as many hours as I can put into that as I can. And then um, – because it's just so exciting. It's really exciting to do that, mm -hmm. like to write the book. And then I have like a bunch of videos that I at least need to get shot. But I think they're doing construction in my classroom this week. So like that could be a thing. I'm not really sure. So I got a plan for that as well. But that's it. I just plan on just working. And then I spend the rest of the time out in my garden and running. That's it. Um, and kids, you know, and a wife. <laughs> yeah, my wife follows me around a lot. Um <laughs> Or my dog. I'm not saying you're like my dog. I mean, you're cute too. But you're, I'm really gonna beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> now you can claim abuse. <laughs> Kimberly Wallback is saying that's on the internet forever. I know. Now. Our music teacher suddenly quit on Friday. Don't make me. This ever happen at your school? How can teachers cope? Uh, yeah, I had somebody. I literally had a woman come in one day. It was beginning of the year. She got hired to be my co-teacher. I met her. We planned things out. We like went through all the training at the beginning of the year, all the PDs and stuff. The first day of school, we taught the first few classes. She went out to lunch, never came back. As far as I'm, I mean, she could have got kidnapped. I have zero idea, really. Like she could have just like, she maybe set up a search party or something. But and yeah, she never quit. Miss Lynn. Never came back to my school again. And, uh, yeah, I had another guy that um, passed away mid-year that I was teaching with. Um, Yonkers changed jobs in the middle of the – two months into the school year. Like, that kind of stuff happens all the time. I just think I, – I just think if you, if you move it right, like if you plan it right, like you end up winning from that, right? Like you end up – going into that situation and now you are the consistent piece in the kids lives and the rest of you are as well and you talk to kids about like look life is unpredictable like this is what it's like in real life like people get sick things happen your dog dies like you know crazy stuff happens and now like but how can we come together as a community to get through this 
And how does that, and talk to kids about, how does that make you feel? Like, do you feel hurt? Are you upset? Are you sad? And then like, let's process that to talk about it. I think that's the move on how to do that kind of stuff. Winter is asking, thank you so much for all you do for teachers. Winter, I appreciate it. Um, it like, thanks, because I like it in comments, even though they make me feel very uncomfortable. Um, how do you handle content standards that your students are struggling with? Um, I, I think sometimes it's about explaining things a different way. So if we keep just pushing it the same exact way, it can be difficult but like what is what is it that they're actually trying to get to like what is the meat of whatever that standard is or that objective is and then how can you explain that a different way and then i would look things up online or like even use the facebook group to like drop that specific thing in there and say here's what i'm trying to communicate to my students they are not getting it what's another way or what's another a book that i can look at or a video i can look at because i, I think sometimes we try and make things too complicated uh, when they don't need to be. So if we are trying to get a part like uh, inference, right? Inference is something that my students struggle with. One year we just started watching Pixar shorts, like those little shorts that are in the beginning of Pixar movies. Most of them don't have any words to them and you have to infer what they mean. Um, and, or we started doing like, uh, like essentially charades in class, right? And then inferring from the clues what this person was supposed to be representing. And it's just made it more fun and engaging anyway, which is like where I just go right. That's how I do it. I like to teach that lesson now. But um, how can you figure out what it is at, the, at its core, what you're supposed to be communicating, and then try and figure out a different way or a more fun way to actually get kids or figure out a way that kids already like a lot of times you're teaching them things that they already know. Like they know how to infer things. They have to do it all the time in life. Um, like there's a reason that when your mom changes her tone and calls you by your full name down to come downstairs, like you can infer that she's probably mad, but you just never put like the definition to the, the situation before. So it's about marrying those two. Uh, Brandon Chetfield is saying, what is something that you do at the end of class that lets students leave in good spirits and productive mindset? Um, I, Jeez, oh, let me think what's a good way to do that. Cause I do a lot of different stuff. Sometimes I play music. So last week, uh, I forget what we were reading. Oh, in Lord of the Flies, Jack kept saying that in the play version that he wanted to dance. He said, I just want to dance. And so at the end of class, I played that song. We can dance if we want to, you can leave your friends behind. Um, See, I got a song. I sang a song. Oh, shit. oh you even danced. <laughs> so that was just like a funny way to leave it. Or I will say, um, have like some ridiculous question at the end of class, right? Like, uh, or I will save journal entries till the end. Or it's just like, if they have like 30 seconds left, it's like, all right, look, everyone can just, or sometimes it's a minute or two minutes, but like, if you can handle it and if you're done early, then say, look, you have the last two minutes. You can be on your phone if you want. You can just be chilling. You can work on something and then go around. And it's not always about what you're doing with the whole class, but finding those dudes that were kind of like quiet today, that were like off today, that said something really cool today and then going over to them and saying something nice. So I had a student the other day, we did an activity. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my son's doing, but what are you doing, B? Because right. we laid it out as the bed and now we put it back together and it's like not as cushy. So they, um, so I think, Oh, so this kid the other day who hasn't done anything all year, hasn't barely says anything, it's just like doesn't do any work. We were creating tribes for, uh, I put the kids into two different tribes for Lord of the Flies. And I said, you have to pick a leader. And his team had a really hard time, especially with this one individual. And then the dude goes, the dude go. I said, what was the problem over here? And he goes, I'll tell you what the problem was. Um, he was trying to sink the whole ship because he couldn't be captain. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? Like, oh, it was yeah. like a, like we wrote, fines wrote it on the board and like yeah. put a frame around it and stuff yeah. like that. We were so stoked about it. But it, like, I wanted to make sure I went over and said like, I, I don't just want to compliment you on that. I want to tell you why I thought that was so awesome. So at the end of class, maybe leave that time, even as kids are just working on things individually to go over and like, Say something, say what's up, ask them about something and like create that connection. I think that's how you do it. 
It is always. Oh, that's good. Uh, Bonus Fiddle is asking, hey, I worked, I'm working with Cal TPA over, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but maybe it won't matter, um, over spring break, and I'm taking a break to listen to Teacher Talk. Um, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Um, also, I'm in a bit, I've been a bit bummed because I don't have a contract for next year, and I'm and not dreading job search. So, I, look, I, that is a tricky thing. Um. About what? What if you don't get an S back? Yeah. I did make a video about that. I, so I do have a video about that on the channel called like what happens if you don't get S back next year. But I'm just thinking of like anything else I would tell someone. I, I, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't have an answer off the top of my head for that. Cause I've not been in that situation. Like I've been like, I've been blessed to not have to deal with that. And there were times I thought I was going to like, there were times when we lost so much funding during the year and I was the newest teacher. I'm like, there's no way I survived. Like if we make cuts, like we already fired the janitor and two people in the office and some other person, like I'm for sure losing my job next. And I just, it just never happened. Um, so I, I don't know what I, here's what I'm going to ask is, um, does anyone on the, in the feed have uh, an answer to that? Cause I don't. So that was, if you find it's bonus fiddle, so if you put in his name, then that way he'll be able to see it also. Well, so keep your chin up, like just keep waiting. Like, yeah, I just think you're you never know like what it. is gonna happen, right? Like we literally never like my life is filled with so many times when like I just thought I knew what was gonna happen and it didn't. Like I thought I was gonna like this bad thing was gonna happen or this great thing was gonna happen, and you just don't know, right? But what we've learned in the end is that it always seems to work out for however it's supposed to work out, you know, yes. good or bad, but it, it always looking works back, out and we're always like, Oh, okay, there's always okay. a lesson and it's not always stuff I wanted. So if no. I think of like someone that passed away, right. I, but I'm still like, there's a lesson that comes out of that. And so here's, here's what I would do. And this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but like, I would literally look for the lesson in this. I would write this moment down or take your phone and record a little video of yourself talking about, like, here's my situation right now. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. And then remind, set a reminder on your phone for six months from now to go back and look at that video. And you will see the lesson that was learned a lot of times. I, I had a student last year, last year, two years ago, um, a guy, Danzler, was all of his friends got into the same college and that's where he wanted to go. He didn't get accepted and he was heartbroken. Do you remember this? I had like this long talk with him. He was like, I was reading either, either in tears or on the verge of tears. And Danzler like didn't get into the oh, school that he right. wanted to. Yeah. And I said, dude, I'm going to call, I'm going to set a timer on my phone for this time next year. And I'm going to call you because by this time next year, you'll know why you were supposed to go to that school. And he met like the girl of his dreams there, got into this really great frat, was doing really great things. And almost all the dudes that went to this other school, none of those guys are going there anymore. They're all like decided to go other ways and do other things. Um, did school like wasn't a serious priority or they just wanted something else more. And it was like so clear to him at that moment. So I do this all the time where I take like little videos of myself. I have a little file on my computer. It's called personal. And I just put them in there. And then every so often I go back and look at them. And I think that that's a really good way to remind yourself. So although I don't have an exact answer for you, I think that's a good move. And it's, it's something that is actually fun to do. Because you get to look for that hope in six months of like, what could change? I don't know. Maybe you're surprised by joy. Uh, our, our Revis is saying, hi, I'm student teaching on a, or at a magnet school. I can't confiscate phones and high schoolers don't have no respect. What can I do? Um, and most high schoolers are ungrateful. They are. Uh, that's kind of how it works because they're teenagers and that's how it works. Here's what you're going to find. If you put the time into them, they will take you more seriously. If you do not put time into students, they are, there's no reason for them to just listen to you. Um, I think, you know, Billy Joel once said, like, the good old days weren't always good and tomorrow's not as bad as it seems. I think people have, like, a skewed look of, like, how things used to be. And I'm not saying that you're saying this, but, like, my, when my grandmother would say, like, oh, back in my day, kids just listened. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think they did because I've seen my uncles and they don't look like they just listened. They look like they did their own thing. 
um, or my aunt. My aunt didn't just like listen to my mm-hmm. to my grandmother. Um, neither did my mom for that matter. Like none of her kids actually did. Now mm-hmm. that I think about it. So, but if you take time to build those relationships, I see this school all the time where an adult wants a kid to listen just because they're an adult and that kid's a kid and they think that's how it should be. And maybe that is how it should be. I have no idea, but but I don't have time to even think about that because I'm too busy trying to learn about what's that kid's story? Where do they come from? Why are they acting like that? What do they care about? What do they not care about? Why is school important? So the other day I'm in class and this kid is reading a different book than what we're supposed to be reading. I asked him to put the book away and take out the book that we were reading because I wanted him to read along with the class. He said, I'm not reading along with the class. I said, all right, well, I need you to put that away because it's not what we're working on right now. We're working on this thing. Um, and this is why. He goes, well, I'm not reading that. He goes, you all can read it. Have fun. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what are you, talk- what are you talking about? Like, but we're doing this, right? And I got so pissed, like, instantly. Like, like saw red that someone just like put me on blast in front of my whole class bars. Um, but instead of just being pissed off at the end of class, I called him up and I said, yo, you got to come talk to me real quick. So what's going on, man? Like, wh- like how, do- why would you do that in the middle of class? And like, what do you want then? And he goes, I don't know. I just think this book's boring. Well, all right. What would you rather do? Nothing. All right. Well, if that's not an option, you come to school with no one's holding a gun to your head. Um, no one's literally forcing you into the classroom. But what do you do then? Like if you're in school, what's going to happen while you're here? And I said, because like otherwise, just don't even come. Like why? Like you come to my class, you sit in the back for what? Like, like that's not going to happen in my class. If you're showing up, I'm assuming that we have an agreement that we're going to learn something. We're going to grow in some way. We're going to do something together. So you can't just show up and do nothing. So what do you want to do? And he didn't know what to say. And I said, here's what your your job is over the weekend. I want you to think about what it is that you actually want to do in class. Maybe if you have a good enough argument, you don't have to read this book. Maybe we can make up something independent for you to work on. Maybe we can you can take it a different way. Maybe if you read faster than everyone else, there's some sort of project of an it through a lens of something that's already interesting to you, but what is that going to look like? But it really takes time to sit down with students and meet them where they are so you can bring them up to where they want to be or to where you need them to be, but not just like expect respect. I think respect is earned and whether or not it should be that way, I don't think that's for us to answer, but like, um, or at least it's a waste of time, I, I think, but it's like, Go ahead and meet your students where they are and then try and build that relationship. And it takes time and it might not be enough time in student teaching to do that, but you can start practicing what that looks like and what that can feel like. And then I promise you, you win if you do that. Shirley Martini, best name on the, uh, on the internet there. Um, my principal says my history classes are, are boring. I'm just laughing that someone would have the audacity to walk in and be like, uh, excuse me, Shirley Martini, your classes are boring. Um, and then I need to be silly, wackier teacher. I would like to be without looking like a complete jackass. So how do I do that? Shirley, look, I think that's nonsense. I don't think every teacher has to be fun. Do you have to be engaging? Yes, but that's because that's going to win the kids over. But I don't think you have to be silly or what. Like that is stupid because that's like if someone told me I had to be serious every single day and not mess around. I don't think I could do it. Like it would just because you were about to go because I'm bad. Because I'm bad. <laughs> it would annoy the crap out of me. Like I tried that for two minutes when I started teaching and I couldn't do it. And even when I came to my newer school, like I've been there for eight years now, but like when I came over from Camden, um, I felt like I didn't know if I should be if I should go full tilt Reynolds right away. And I tried to not, and I just realized this isn't working. I have to go full tilt. Like I have to be a hundred percent who I am. So I think the question is not how do you become sillier or wackier um, because that might come off as inauthentic if that's not your personality to begin with. But how do you how do you make what you're doing more engaging for the students? Like how do you and, and that's something I talk to like so Cho and I have had conversations this year. Cho's the head of our science department. She teaches I don't know biology or some science sciencey thing, um, and she'll come to me and say like look. I have to teach this stuff. It's really boring. How do I make it more fun? And fun is my specialty, right? Like, I don't know how much we're learning all the time. Some days I really, I'm just like, do we learn? 
have to make sure we learn something because that was an awful lot of fun the activity that we did and i see like a lot of the good stuff that came out of it but like what was the the objective of the day right um chose really great at raising lesson plans but implementing fun she just had us i'm not saying she's bad at it but like she comes to me sometimes and we talk about this stuff and that's fun so maybe like find somebody else that's doing more of what you want to be doing and then check in with them and see how they do it. Or I, I just think that that's, that's kind of the move there. I think also just teach finding ways to teach what you're learning through the lens of something the kids are already interested in is awesome. So there's gotta be people in, in history class that are doing stuff that's cool or interesting. They're, you know, making it student driven. Like how, how about the students have to learn some stuff and then teach the other students. How about you do like a project together that's just fun? How about you start learning who the students are, letting them know who you are, and then there's some common ground there, something like that. But I don't think becoming silly just because the principal said so um, is a good idea because it might just not be authentic to you. And we all know you're a lovely person, so just keep being that way. Uh, or ask the kids, like, what do you guys want to do in this class? Like, let's have... Let's make it more interesting and treat the rest of the school year like an experiment. What would you like to see happen in here? What would you like to see happen? How, like, how could we change the class so that it's the best class? If this was the best class of your day, what would it look like? And then putting it on them and then taking some of their feedback. Um, Mr. Hater? Bro, is your name really Mr. Hater? That is like... Does that Trump Charlie Martini? No, but that there's like so many good jokes you could just make about yourself. Like, oh, I know it's an awesome last name, man. Should, man, that should be Cho's last name. <laughs> I might even be pronouncing it, but that is awesome. That might be the second best name on the internet. Um, anyway, hi Reynolds, your channel is is well wicked. Are you from Boston, also, man? Uh, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Uh, how do you create growth for your channel? I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of starting up. Your advice, so. I kind of answered that a little bit earlier, but if I add another layer to that, okay. So, um, gosh, something else. I think, I think, so here's what I think. I think with the, the position that someone like you're at or Michelle are, are at like that level yeah. or letter classroom, you can't watch other people's content because you're pumping out content, teaching full time. And with a greater, like a bigger channel also comes other things that people don't see on the back end write lots of emails and advice and business and stuff like that. So I think for people that start are starting out, I think my biggest advice to grow their YouTube channel is community. Enter into the community of what YouTube is and participate on every single channel, everybody's channel. Make yourself yeah. known to everybody. And within By that, just giving love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not asking, asking for a collaboration. You're not asking for a shout out. You're not asking for them to like say your name or, you know, promote your channel. You're literally inserting yourself and making them see. We all see what happens on our channels, whether it's through comments or emails or stuff. We can't always answer every single yeah. thing. You're just so busy and there's only so much of the one person to get stretched. But they they all see it. So if you make yourself a well-known person in the community, and I think that that's what you did or we did came in Sure. Together. Look at Richard Royster, right? Like Richard Royster's numbers weren't huge. I just thought Richard Royster was doing great stuff. And so because I like so then someone people. shouts him out like or you see someone like um you know all I'm the people to that we love else. that are on here, yeah. if any one of them started a YouTube channel, we would absolutely say, you probably should go check out this person because they're great. But the only way to get that in that pocket and in that space is by inserting yourself and making yourself a member of the community, not just one person's channel, but like for the yeah. teachers specifically on here, I think it's, it's a it's a pretty big thing. But being community. authentic too, I feel like you don't want yes, to be like- but that comes phony. across. Like I think that comes across. I think the other piece is- Remembering that your ordinary is somebody else's extraordinary. The regular stuff you do, right? So like when I tell people that we do cereal day, that blows people's minds, right? When I show people like the hand on the stick that I have in class, it blows people's minds. Like just that regular old silly crap that you do is like, um, is, is just mind blowing to other folks, right? And plus there are, I mean, the majority of, of YouTubers in the teacher space anyway are female, like young white females, right? And uh, wasn't there a movie? 
I was reading. I'm sorry. All right. I think that was a movie in the nineties or something, but anyway. Um, so as like the, I'm like the old dude, like at 42, like, like it's like Royster and I are like, you know, the senior citizens of YouTube out here. And, but there's people out there that like are older men that are going into teaching and that like are looking for that as well. Like that, like want to connect on that level. And so just remember that like someone out there is that is in your specific situation is going to look to you for advice. And if you have that little bit of advice, just remember that like your ordinary advice is somebody else's extraordinary answer. Did, uh, did, you, did you say that right? Was that what you were trying to say? Yeah. Did you know there is life? No, Wait, single one? white female movie. Is that? Oh, single white female. Yeah, that was it. I uh, could, I with uh, Bridget Fonda or something like that. I remember the movie. Yeah. I don't ask me who's in it. I'm I don't sorry. know. I, I think mean. we watched it once. It was not very good. Yeah, it was um, cheesy action, and I loved it. No, it was like a scary. Like, yeah, but not really that scary. Yeah, I love those. Too. It's like when all those dumb movies were coming out, like Sliver. Oh, or, was know. that what it was called? That it was like the basic. I like Disney. cheesy movies. You do. So I do. I know. Speaking of not cheesy movies, John Wick Three comes out soon, so we gotta go see that. Uh, anyway, Randall Milliken. That wasn't. That shouldn't have been that hard to say because that's like a really easy last name, and I made it difficult. Anyway, um, I'm a new. I'm a new teacher picked up uh, picked up to teach in January. Not sure if I'm going to get picked up for next year. I did have the conversation with the administration about working next year and what's expected of me. I, I think, look, I think, uh, Randall, your whole life is, is a series of difficult conversations, right? If you stay in a relationship, it's because you were able to learn how to have difficult conversations. If you're able to do well in a school, it's because of the same reason. I would go and say, hey, look, I am... If we cut to the chase, I loved this this year. Like, and I don't know if you did. I have no idea what your take on on it was. But like, if you want to go back there, look, I loved this this year. This was so great for these reasons. I'm really excited about building on things for next year. I just need to know if I'm coming back next year because look, these are the things I think I can work on. These are the ideas that I have. Like, what is your plan going forward that you're going to better yourself? Are you going to conferences this summer? Are you watching YouTube? Are you writing lesson plans? Are you working with another teacher to sort of partner to, to grow into something better next year? Because to be honest, like there's no way someone can expect you to be at your best when you start in the middle of the year. It's just, it's like you're largely cleaning up someone else's mess and surviving the school year. So I would just go in the admin and say, hey, can I have a minute of your time? I'm really excited about next year and about what I can bring to the school community, but I haven't heard back yet. And I just need, like, I want to know on the front end, like, am I planning for nothing? Or am I like, I, I have all these things in place that I want to do so I can be the best I can be next year. Is that worth my time and effort right now? Or should I start like thinking in a, in a different way? And that's all like, don't go in like mopey or sad. Like this is what I'm like, I'm going to teach from now on anyway. I just don't know if I'm teaching here. Um, and so is the planning that you're putting on for this school, like that's going to be something you're going to do at this school or for the next school. Uh, Summer Tate is asking, I don't know why I say everyone's name like this. Sometimes I catch myself. It's like Summer Tate. Why do I say it like that? I am weird. Summer Tate is asking, what has been your experience with your end of the year evaluations? I'm nervous about mine. It is expected that we meet our growth goals and simply or simply that we can reflect and give the next steps. Summer, I meet with my person and the way that that looks is like uh, Miss List is my is my friend and she is the head of my English department. And the way we talk about it is sort of like, uh, how did I think I did this year? Like, how did I grow? What did I, What? how do I think I could grow next year? I like to go into those conversations on the offense. I'm not looking for all of their feedback on how they think I can be a better teacher because they're not in my classroom enough to really give me that much feedback anyway. So what I like to go into it as, and that's not like, that's fine because I, I think newer teachers should re require a whole lot more help. And that's why I, like even tell Miss Lister in the year, like me, like make time for them. If you don't have time for me, that's fine. If I need you, I'll come seek you out because that, that's kind of dude that I am. But what is it that you are, going to do going into next year? What are some things that you think you can work on? And then how are you going to work on them? Like, that's what I would start looking into. So for me, for next year, it's vocabulary was a focus of mine this year. And I didn't really get 
anywhere. I, I, I got more disgruntled about vocabulary and the fact that I have to teach it and, and how I've taught it that I, it, it's like, no, I want to look into something deeper this year. Um, it is for me, like trying to find a book. I want to find books next year that are like more that my boys can relate to from the jump that I don't have to sell them on the books, but it's like something that they're like, is there, is there like a book where like the kids can feel like they look or come from the same place as the people in the book? So can I figure that out for next year? And then, um, I don't know if my hip hop class is going to exist again next year. So how do I implement that into my class? So I'm really making culturally relevant pedagogy, like across the board in my whole class, um, all the time. So, you know, but I, and then I start thinking about those three things and then how am I actually going to get like deeper into that? Where can I find those resources? And that's how I'm, I go about it. So I go in with a plan and anything they say is going to be extra, but I don't look like I'm walking in without a plan. Um, Fiona Edwards is saying, Hey CJ and oh, Nazi secret. Oh, it's nice. An acronym. Thanks. Nice. Um, what are some strategies that you have to be that wait, what are, what are some strategies that you have used to successfully raise the comprehension level of your students? I think one is making reading more fun. And the way that I think I've done that in the past few years is really reading things together as a play instead of individually. Um, but also the individual reading that we're doing in class, the independent reading we're doing in class having the kids read books they're interested in. So what, whatever those books are, trying to find a way to get them for them, whether you are helping them get to the library or you're re get, taking them out from the library, or you, if you have money ordering them for them from, from Amazon or Barnes and Noble or something like that. And then when we read in class, it's like reading of mice and men is infinitely more fun when you do it together. Reading Lord of the Fies is infinitely more fun when you do it together. And even in Persepolis, I took this idea from my friend, Mr. Wascom, who teaches ninth grade with me. He takes a picture of every page of Persepolis, which is the graphic novel we're reading right now. And he um, assigns parts to all the kids. So someone reads for the dad, for the mom, for the little girl, Margie. And then there's all these random people in there. So he'll put numbers next to them. And one kid's in charge of reading all the parts that say number one next to them. So like for the random person on the radio or the random person in the grocery store, or the random person on the street, he is, has assigned those also. And it just makes it more engaging because we're doing this as a community and not just as individuals. And that has just made it more fun. So I think the way you increase comprehension is getting your kids to read more. The way you get them to read more is by making it more fun or more interesting for them. And then they'll read more and they're more apt to remember what they read because just reading isn't enough because we all know that we've read stuff like even now, like sometimes I'll read something in the morning and I'm so tired. And I'm like, I just read two pages. I couldn't tell you anything that were on them. Like I read them, but there was no reason for me to want to remember them. So I think that those are uh, two ways that you do that uh, in the classroom. Um, but you're right. Okay. Bonus fiddle is saying, I feel neglected by my principal. I see her chatting up with other peers and I feel jealous. I would like to yuck it up too, but always seem too busy. Also not sure what to, uh, to talk about work, um, ideas. So I, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't look, gosh, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. Uh, oh, here comes, my, here comes my whole to-do list. It's going to pop up on my computer now. Um, cause it, <laughs> all the reminds that I told my phone to do earlier are now all shooting up on my desktop right now. Uh, oh gosh. I think one. How long have those other teams talk been there? Talk find out. Yeah, one, it's like, yeah, how long have they been there? If they've been there for a while, maybe there's time to, to build that relationship. I, I really think it comes down to a couple things. One, what are they interested in? And then ask them about that. Like find, like do some homework and find out like, what are they interested in? Do they like Game of Thrones? Oh, Game of Thrones is on tonight too, dude. We oh, have to shit. get, upgrade our Hulu so we can watch it. Right. Um, do they like Game of Thrones? Do they like basketball? Do they like fishing? And then just say little things. Like make sure you say hi to people. And I do, Pat Croce says, 
that when someone doesn't want to say hi to you or when they give you some half-ass hello, you got a sonic boom hello, those people. Like if someone, if I say, yo, what's up? And they ignore me. Next time I see you, yo, what's up, my man? Like you got to say hello so loud. The other person's going to feel weird if they don't greet you with the same enthusiasm. And that might seem obnoxious, but it really knocks down that wall. And um, sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes the principal is like, going to get down with other people because they like their little inner circle or, or whatever. But I think the more time and effort that you put into the school and the commitment that they see, eventually they're just going to realize that you are someone worth hanging out with. And then who else can maybe talk to the vice principal or to the counselors or like the people that surround that, that individual. And you are um, sort of like getting down with them. And then they are kind of like, maybe mentioning to the principal, like this dude's awesome. Like you should just check this person out because they're doing really great stuff in their classroom. I think the one other thing that I just thought of is you can invite the principal to your class. Hey, we have this really great lesson today. And I think the kids are doing a great job. They've really taken initiative. It's not about you. It's about the students. Do you have time to stop in today for like 30 seconds or two minutes to just see like what this is? I think it would really mean a lot to the kids to have you come in and see this good work that they're doing. And then that doesn't make it about you. Like, hey, come check me out how awesome I am. It's like, come see what the students are doing. And that, that could build that bridge as well with that individual. What do you got there, buddy? Um, did you lose it? I did, but you have two, two questions. Okay. Uh, Arivas is saying, why <laughs> student teachers can't get paid? Um, I don't know. I think that they should, to be honest with you, like, because it is, I went into such debt when I student taught because you can't work. Like I, I would work, I'd go to school from six and I wouldn't get home till, I don't know, five. I would go at 6 a.m., get home about five, then work till eight on lesson plans for the next day and then literally pass out in my living room every night. Sometimes on the floor, I would wake up in, in the morning laying on the floor or like sleeping at my desk. And then I would work all weekend planning for the next week because, you know, Student teachers got to do those long, stupid lesson plans for your college. So I do think that there should be some sort of like menial pay in there, like something minimum so that you can, you know, buy top ramen at least. Uh, which one? Oh, that, that one right there. Uh, Gabby Parr is saying, do you use inquiry or concept-based teaching methods in your classroom? Um do you use whole class reader reads and engage individual choice? Do you have any advice on guiding kids in meaningful research? So that's a lot of questions. Um, so let's start with this. Do you have any idea on guiding kids in meaningful research? I think you have to give kids a reason to want to do research, right? So like, what is it that they are interested in? And maybe do a poll, like maybe come up with, you know, one of the things I talked about in other videos is like, in my first year of teaching, I was really stoked about teaching a particular lesson. I thought the kids were going to like it and they didn't. And they didn't want to do the research. They didn't want to look into it. But when I said, well, what do you guys want to learn? What do you want to do? Like, like, what's interesting to you? That gave the kids power. And with that power, they figured out what they wouldn't mind looking into. And so like when I teach my hip hop class, we do this also where it's like, the kids want to dive deeper because they're actually interested in what we're talking about. And so like it, when you can get kids interested in that, like I was saying, um, I was telling this story uh, the other day where like a teacher that I know taught a, a class on the history of hit, of video games. And the way he taught it made me as someone that was just doing work in the back of my class, so interested in what he was talking about that I like went home and I would like look up more details on what he had talked about that day because it was so fascinating because he found this way to like teach mathematics through the history of, of um, video games, even though I didn't care. Like I, I just don't play video games very rarely, even though I grew up with them and I don't particularly care for math because you know, there's a reason I'm an English teacher, but like that was just fascinating to me that that even worked on me that I came home and did that. Um, and then Uh, the, geez, these are wrong answers. Here's what I'm going to ask oh, you to do. Sorry. Gabby, if you email me, I will answer these questions more thoroughly for you, but they, I, I, they're literally going to take me forever. Are we done? 
No, I have one more oh, question. Because right. I only have like five more minutes because I have to get off and go feed my children dinner. Um, Rob Smith is asking, how do you help your colleagues who are overstressed and are suffering from poor mental health? I think you just listen to them, Rob. You do feel, don't feel like you ever have to have answers and you never, ever, ever give up on them. You always give them a space and you can never let it tire you out. That you sit with someone in the muck, not just saying, I'm really sorry that that's happening to you, but like just be willing to just sit with them through that thing and not feel like you have to encourage them at all. Your attention is more important than your advice is. And so I think that that's the move when it comes to those sorts of things. Like invite them over for a glass of wine or out for a cup of coffee. Like those things, like I keep saying a lot of the same stuff, but it's because it actually works. It becomes when we know each other as human beings, all that other stuff sort of takes care of itself. When you have kids that are being assholes in your class, if you get to know them as a human being and learn their story, it changes. Like the kid that's being a jerk every day, when you find out that his dad got arrested or that he lives in a foster home, you look at that kid through a different lens now. And that teacher is the same way that's having a really hard time. Or maybe build in like, I know Cho was having a hard, I'm going to just put Joe's stuff out there. Um, Cho was having a particularly hard set of weeks because it was leading up to spring break and it's like a lot going on in the school as it was for everyone. So I was like, yo, let's go do this cryo freeze thing. Um, and we did the other night, like uh, my wife, me, my wife uh, and Cho and another friend all went to this place where they like put you in this chamber and they shoot you with nitrous oxide or nit liquid nitrogen know. or some shit. I don't know. Um, but it was negative oh, 265 degrees in these chambers. And it makes you feel elated. Like your energy is through the roof. You're in a really good mood. It takes care of all the inflammation in your joints and stuff. So you feel really good physically and mentally. But I built that in. Cho wasn't going to go do that by herself. I just extended the olive branch and said like, or no, that's not even a really good metaphor for this. But like I asked her to go out with me to go do this thing that I knew would be good for her. And so I think that's how you do it. That's it. That's cool. It. Look, if we didn't get to your question, I'm really sorry because we this is only an hour and seven minutes, even though this used to be a 45 minute show and then an hour show. Now it's like an hour and a half show. Um, if you have questions, please, you can email them to me or feel free to go over to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook. It's a free Facebook group. You can go in there, um, but it's closed group. So you just go in, you answer like the few questions we ask you to answer. We let you in and you can drop your question there. And I promise you, you will get tons of really good responses on there. Or you can sign up for mentoring I, where I do like a paid gig where like sometimes schools pay me, sometimes individuals pay me, but then you have like dedicated time with me every week via Skype or some other platform, just phone call or whatever. And we talk about your specific things that are going on in your classroom or in your school. And we deep dive into them. Like how this is how you would actually take care of this step-by-step. Step. Um, like let's set you up for success. So that's available to you also. Um, and that's it gang. Look, I hope you have the greatest week ever. And if you're on spring break, I hope it's awesome. And we'll see you next week on Sunday. And now for the awkward ending. Peace. <laughs> oh, we're awkward ending. <laughs>